but I get home and I'm already late for this call. Because we usually record from the caravan, I tether from my phone and I went to enable my personal hotspot, which by the way, it's kind of funny how it turns on and off all the time. I wish I could kind of just leave it on. And it said the personal hotspot wasn't available. So I go into settings and it says set up personal hotspot and it says to call my provider, which is Telstra in Australia. So I was unable to tether because suddenly, for no reason whatsoever, my personal hotspot is unavailable. And so I had to run into the house, find my wife's phone and said, I'm taking your phone. See you. Bye. Uh, Now I'm tethering from her phone. Thankfully, Telstra support has chat because, you know, calling someone is horrible. So, But the, the problem with the chat, of course, is you send a message and they say, oh, we'll reply, just enable notifications. And they take hours to reply. And if you don't reply to them within 60 minutes, then they close it, which is super frustrating. I wonder if it is related to the 17.2 update, which I installed yesterday, which my wife hasn't yet installed. Is that a beta or is that the public release? public release. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do the beta. Maybe I should have. Next time there's a beta that I'm thinking, oh, I really want that feature because I've been wanting to try the journaling app. Then maybe I'll install it early so that any bugs <laughs> I get to, I don't know, it would be the same thing, wouldn't it? I'd install it the day of a podcast and it'd break things. Uh, a lot of podcasters I follow, they are very religious about, there's another word, they're very nervous about their production podcasting equipment. Like some of them, they sit on updating for a year. They don't touch anything that is involved with the podcasting realm. I don't have the luxury of having that many various equipment right now, so I use what I have. <laughs> the first thing they asked me was, what's the phone number that's affected? I gave them uh, my phone number. And then they replied and said, can I just confirm that it's affecting this other phone number? Uh, I had to say, no, it's the one that I just sent you. So. We love using the Telstra wireless provider, so we're all very engaged. <laughs> well, Optus had a huge, the, the other one here, and they had a huge outage just last month. So These are providers I have never heard of before. I know, and I'm doing it to you on purpose because we're so sick of hearing your Verizon and ATT <laughs> or whatever it is, you know? Like, oh, that's like an exotic way to say it. I like that. <laughs> whatever it is. I actually have a 200-foot Ethernet uh, Cat6 cable that I own for reasons like this. I just don't trust Wi-Fi. I, I never trust it. I will, I will string a 200-foot cable before I'll trust Wi-Fi for something in production. Joshua just has this leash on him at all times walking around his house. <laughs> Until my internet provider moved it, I actually strung it around the entire outside of my house and just like had it laying on the grass for a year to be able to get Cat6 directly into my laptop computer. And now we're good. Yeah, I just don't trust Wi-Fi for video calls. Do you have like a separate unit in the back strung out to? Like I'm confused. Why in the grass? My router was upstairs in the living room, so I cracked a window ran the cat six out and around the entire house into my window in my office and because i didn't want to run it through the house i didn't want to drill any holes and just had it sitting outside for a year in the in the snow i think i mentioned this we are without a car my wife got rear-ended and she's fine everything's good but the vehicle was totaled so we've been searching for a car and this is after last year my vehicle was no longer so we were we've been down to one so it's like all right we've got a limited time in a rental car so we Love the Mazda CX-9, which is a mid-sized SUV. It's got three roads. It's just fantastic for us. All-wheel drive is important with the snow. 
it's a little bit cheaper than like your Toyota uh, Highlanders or your Subaru, what is it, Ascent. Anyway, so we've got this car coming from CarMax. We'll see how it goes from CarMax. We'll see how it goes. I think this is a United States thing where you buy a car on this website and they mail it to you. Wow, that sounds awesome. They mail it to one of their showrooms, right, which is nearby, and we're going to go look at it. The price is a little bit premium, so it's a little higher than you could get if you were willing to spend days bartering and uh, like dealing with a used dealer. Worth it. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I think it, it, it would be better. You know, you know what it reminds me of, the all-wheel drive thing? Have you seen that episode of Bluey where someone's dad, yes. Jack's dad or someone, <laughs> is trying to get to the school, which, by the way, is in the Glasshouse Mountains. My sister lives there. It's like 20 minutes away, right? These roads. And he's trying to get to the school, and, and he asks a bloke for a shortcut. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's just down there. But you'll need a four-wheel drive. And the kid in the backseat goes, Dad, is this a four-wheel drive? No, son. It's an all-wheel drive. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I, I mean, I love all Bluey episodes, but that's just so adorable. And then he just starts rushing back through the woods. Four-wheel drive is a little bit of a luxury we're not looking for, but all-wheel drive makes a difference with the snow and the ice. So we're getting the exact same car, but just newer, which we're excited about. We're going to get a 2019 model uh, CX-9. And then we're just going to bite the bullet and get me a car. So we're looking at the Mazda 3, probably like a 2015, 2016, which is just a very small hatchback car from Mazda, um, which I'm excited to have a vehicle again. So that's my uh, car update. Okay. So on the car thing, two questions. One is, why not electric? I'll ask the second one after you. <laughs> the main reason I was actually looking at the Nissan Leaf for me because it's you know it's got about a Mazda Nissan. It's it's a it's a strange way for me. I call it a Mazda and a Nissan. Nissan Nissan Nissan. Yeah, N Nissan. Oh, that's not as elegant as Verizon. I think a Nissan sounds better. <laughs> Verizon. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have been considering. I just saw Ford cut their F one fifty Lightning production expectations it was just an article headline i was gonna seriously consider buying a lightning when it was thirty nine thousand dollars and i was like that's the most i've ever spent on a vehicle i think it'd be worth it for us to have a truck let's go in and then when it actually got to purchase time it was sixty four thousand. that's just i, I can't even th th there's no world in which i can justify that we were even stretching to think we would consider a car up till now we've never bought a car that was more than 20 grand like we've always been in the Zero to 10,000 and recently 10 to 15,000 range. <laughs> so when it comes to buying a car, I'm still trying to be really careful with our budget. Anything that we need, make it electric version, add on an extra 10 grand. So that we just can't quite justify that right now. Okay. And the second question is with the Mazda, did you say Mazda 3? What yep, was it? Yep. The, the Mazda 3. No, Joshua, don't do it. It's a Mazda. The Mazda. The Mazda. The Mazda 3. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Does it have unlock and, and wireless start with your phone? Mm, no, it's well, I'm buying one that's like seven, eight years old, so no. That's disappointing. See, I, I've been looking at cars too, and I think we're going to kick that ball down the road a bit at this stage, but my goal in a car is not how fast it goes. It's not its fuel efficiency. It's just can I unlock it and start it using my phone? If I can, then I do not need to carry any keys with me ever. What I need in a car is to not have to take it to the mechanic for years. That's like a life goal of mine, which, by the way, I have a fantastic friend who is a mechanic. So like he's taken care of us many times. He 
we have someone when we need it but that's just such a drain on me mentally <laughs> uh to have to be without a vehicle for periods of time so i've been looking at maybe it's not the best place but consumer reports what's the most reliable engine and transmission that i can buy and not think about that's like number one goal for me beyond that anything japanese right yes correct or electric anything electric also within my price budget as well and then beyond that if it has CarPlay, like I will absolutely choose the vehicle with CarPlay over not. So that's, I'm actually, I've never had a vehicle with CarPlay. Yeah, that's a game changer. I wonder, uh, Sadia, do you know if there's like aftermarket things you can put on your car that will let you start it with a phone? Because my, my car is an aftermarket, like key self-start thing, but it's not phone. I've looked into it for specifically Apple Car Key integration, which is part of the wallet app, I believe. I don't know, I've never used it actually, but that doesn't exist. Maybe there's some sort of remote locking system, auto start system, you know, push button that integrates with a third party app. But if there is, it's probably going to be Chinese and it's probably going to be dodgy. And I, you know, I don't want to put that in my car. Uh, but welcome everybody to episode 12 of Ultra Pro Max. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about app development and the Apple ecosystem. <laughs> the very first uh, topic on the thing that Josh was putting it in as I'm reading it is intro music yet. No, I'm so sorry. I've, you know, been living this uh, <laughs> self-employed, woo, I have so much flexible time life. And then now I have two contracts and a church job. So now I'm like working 50 hours a week. I'm like, what have I done? That's cool. So we'll get there when we get there. Maybe Christmas. Th that would be, that'd be fantastic. I was editing last week and I almost made a little diddly, but I was just feeling lucky enough to actually get the the thing shipped. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to just, I'm going to hold off on that. Um, we'll get some music eventually. Yeah, you sent me this like little looper thing in the group chat. And I said, oh my goodness, he's going to start using AI to replace me and build a music intro. That would be like on brand though, to use some kind of AI music intro. Probably be really bad though. Would probably get you to make us something, uh, but I don't know. We'll see what in. We'll see what <laughs> if I have any extra energy. Sadia, if you send me an MP3 file, I'll put it in. You know, I've, I, you'd be proud of me, Luke. I've been practicing my like major minor seventh chords and sixth and and E sus four and you know like stuff like that. I've been I'm pretty good with most most chords, but I've been I've been practicing those uh, more. How would you call them? Just tougher ones. I'll call them your seven chords. All of those ones, all of those augmentations. Right now, I'm terrible. I'm sort of fumbling my way through them and making mistakes, having lots of fun doing it. But I might just try to record myself. I'm not even going to use the line out. I'll just put my phone with the voice notes next to the speaker <laughs> and uh, record myself badly playing. And maybe we could do that. All right. I guess I'm clearing out my schedule tomorrow. Are you? Is this guitar or is this piano? Piano. I feel like with piano, this is a music podcast now, with piano extensions, you just kind of play whatever extensions extensions yeah you just play whatever note is in the scale just add a bunch of notes that are in the scale and kind of work oh i can figure out what to play <laughs> it's just playing them fluently is the tough part like wrapping my fingers around you know like i'm used to playing say what an a minor with my one three five but now i have to play it with like the one three four so i can get the seventh with my thumb dude honestly i've started teaching my students where like you just put your hand in one position and then move little fingers around to get different chords it's like it, it you don't even worry about especially with like worship music or more pop music most of the notes in the scale will work on top of any bass note and it'll sound good you'll just get like a two a nine a seven etc whatever so you just plop down whatever notes you want on top of a ba changing bass note and you have your chord who cares about the specific notes that are in the chord i know but i do because i like playing jazz 
and you need to be able to play plenty of extensions in jazz. Yeah, that's true. And but the but the fun of of the song to me is like when you start it off and you go, all right, what what chords are here? And then you're just what do you call this in music where you know you move the chord like backwards or forward on the scale so you, to play a C maybe you play like G C E instead of C G. Oh, like inverting the chord inversions. Inverting inversions, yeah. So I love fig- figuring out like how can I play this without moving my hands? Just where are all the great inversions? So I go in like you know C A D minor. Or without barely moving. Yeah, that that's always fun too. That's exactly what I'm saying. You pick a hand position and then you just... But like you're being careful to move every single note and I'm saying just you'll get the cool sounding stuff. You can even play the same notes on top of every changing bass note. I'd have to show you. We need a piano. We're going to start a new podcast, Saudi and I. It's going to be a music podcast. Joshua has a podcast without us. Yeah, well, you teach me how to play piano. <laughs> just stream our lessons. Well, you guys know I'm in a band, right? Wait, for real? That's sick. What do you, what do you, where do you play? Where I play in the dome, I play with my uh, with two of my kids and one of their friends and their friend's dad. Oh, gotcha. We haven't got a name yet. Ellie was saying that we should go with the Dude Maludes. I feel like it's a pretty good name. It's a very sort of ten year old name, but that's okay. So let us know. Write in. Write in to email at ultrapromax.fm. Let us know what we should call the band. So far, we've got two songs. We've done like a punk ripoff version of Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. And we do an excellent rainbow song. Man, we've been doing this rainbow song. It's so much fun to play, you know, red and yellow and pink and green. That one. We do a real punky version of it. For the guitar solo, I play the melody line of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. We're going to need that. We're going to need a link to that in the show notes, I think, as soon as possible. We're still practicing. We'll invite you to the first gig. Yeah. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'll fly over. I'll fly out. Speaking of dreaming and marketing, how do you build an audience, Joshua? The podcast hustle. We're going to talk about what's on the show notes today. I've been thinking about a couple of pieces, some stuff with my day job and stuff with this podcast of what does it take to build an audience? And there's a, frankly, I think a pretty fantastic framework called Jobs to be Done. I've been familiar with it for years. I know it's something I think Sadia and I used to be aware of in our work at a previous job. And it's kind of this idea of instead of building something and then hoping, you try to figure out what people struggle with, what they need, what they are hoping for, and then you talk to them and build them something. So when it comes to a podcast, when it comes to an app, when it comes to a book, I've just been introspective about it's not just that I can purely be an artist and do whatever I want. It's be an artist, but also understand how people respond to that what they're wanting, what they're not wanting, and adjust accordingly. So this is kind of just an open-ended question of thinking about the marketing aspect of a, a creative endeavor. And I'd love to hear your either of your thoughts on this, how you've accomplished that, how you what your struggles are. Because uh, I'll just quickly describe, there's a really great video on YouTube, which is called the Milkshake Video, where Clayton Christensen describes probably McDonald's was wondering why people were buying their milkshakes. They kept trying to improve it. Nothing was happening. It's a four-minute video. Highly recommend it. And they just asked them, and they found out that the people buying their milkshakes would come in at a specific time every morning and go on a long commute, and they wanted something they could hold in one hand and drink. They didn't even care if it was healthy. They just wanted something to keep one hand with the drink and the other driving their car, and they would go on their long commutes. And so once they finally understood that job, they were able to modify the product to match the job. 
I want to build cool stuff for the rest of my life, but I also don't want it to never be seen. I want people to see it. So this is these are thoughts I've had. There was a great episode of uh, Under the Radar just recently where David Smith was talking about all of the various jobs to be done, uh, not in that framework, but jobs to be done as an indie developer. There was a lot. You know, there was all of the stuff you'd kind of expect, although the list was longer than you'd have thought, of, you know, programming, QA, and all of that long list of things, testing, staying current. Um, Then there's the design aspects. I won't list off because he spent a good 15 minutes just talking about this list. And then he goes on to all of the other business things like uh, keeping your space tidy and accounting. And, you know, a lot of that also I think of my indie business as a partnership with my wife. We pay her and she does a lot of the more booksy stuff that I'm, I'm not really that interested in. And then there was also the marketing side of things. He actually linked marketing and support and documentation all together. I think that that's the right framing, actually. I, th- I think that that's r- accurate. And for me, I've always fallen down here. I am not a good marketer, and I am not terribly uh, engaged with the concept of support. I have traditionally failed here, except when I've partnered with somebody who is good at marketing. So if I'm starting out on a new idea that I think is, you know, has some potential for success, a lot of the time I'll contact someone who I know is good in marketing and say, hey, let's go 50-50 on this. Uh, or you know, maybe we find a third person who is a designer or maybe the marketer is sort of design marketing and we get someone who can do more sales if that's what's needed. You know, we find that third person. That's how we'll do marketing is I won't do it at all. I'll outsource that. But the thing that's always worked best for me in marketing isn't ads, it's genuine engagement. It's community engagement, it's contributing, all of those sorts of things. So what does that look like? What, what does that community engagement look like? You said contributing, like you making this open source kind of a situation? Or? Around any technology stack is a community. And just getting involved in that community. In WordPress, say, that's, that's really easy. There's a community Slack, and they hold regular meetings there. There's podcasts that you should be listening to. There's news sites that you can follow. And just being engaged with that, showing up to meetings and saying hi, going to meetups, that sort of thing. In the iOS dev space, it's a little bit different. I found it's a little bit more based on your physical location. It's a lot harder WordPress makes it easy for anyone in the world to join, but with iOS dev, I find it's more US-centric. The community is on Mastodon. That's where it all happens, so engage with the community there. Uh, Start talking about it, start a podcast, you know, about iOS and uh, iOS dev and that sort of thing, and engage with the community that way. I think that's a good way of marketing, and it feels more genuine because we're not here pushing our stuff, you know, we're here talking about our struggles, and I prefer that type of advertisement, if you will, to something more in your face and annoying. But I'm kind of allergic to ads in a way that I think most people aren't. So maybe I'm an outlier. What do you think? You're describing a lot of parts of this that I think are all really important. With getting involved with the community, that often works if you have more of a B2B type app, right? Or a SaaS app or some kind of a product intended for people who build things. Uh, So I think for the WordPress space, being involved with the community is fantastic if you're intending to build a WordPress plugin for people in that space. The thing that I'm kind of struggling with is what if I want to build something that's for 
for lack of a better word, consumers, right? For people who are just going to enjoy this and they're not going to get involved. I want to write a book and I want to have a couple thousand people enjoy the book. I want to make an app and I want people just to enjoy the app. I'm trying to figure this out and I know there's a million books on it. I've read a couple dozen of them, but it still seems to not click in my brain. So I disagree that it's not the best way of uh, let's get rid of the word best, right? Because I actually am not a marketing expert. I don't know what's best. I'll just tell you what I like and what's sometimes worked for me, which is even for consumer facing apps is being involved in the community because the best kind of marketing is word of mouth. And I think it's also maybe the stickiest, even if it's not the most effective and I think it probably is, but even if it's not, it's still the best. It's still the kind of marketing that we want, right? We don't want to be pushing Facebook ads necessarily. We will if we have to, but that's that's we don't want to be like optimizing click-through rates. That's not, anyway, I don't want to be. So that's the kind of energy that I'm after. And the best way of finding that grassroots support is by being involved in the community and that also means being involved in the leadership of a area of tech or a particular tech product. And when that happens is like, so I've got this, let's use WordPress as an example. I've got this WordPress plugin. It's directly for consumers, but I'm telling people in the community how I made it. They know who I am. They trust me. And so then those people, they go to their individual local communities. They go to meetups. They talk on their podcasts and they go, oh, actually, I've heard of something that does that. Maybe I should check it out. Then maybe they use it and then they feel like they've had some experience. Maybe they've had a good experience. So then they can tell other people about it. And then word spreads organically. It's more grassroots. feels more real as opposed to oh, I saw an ad, I wonder if that's a good product. It's an endorsement. You are right, that word of mouth matters so much. I've been, I'm not too surprised anymore, but it still kind of gets me where maybe I'll be at church and someone's like, I need a person who it can do this. Uh, let's say a general contractor. And all it takes is someone else to say, oh, this person's a fantastic general contractor. I know because he did a great job teaching my kids in, um, for Sabbath school. Uh, and <laughs> it doesn't actually have anything to do with their job capabilities. It's their personality that someone recommends them for, which always blows me away because I'm like, hold on. There's someone saying I'm a good designer. They've never seen a single design I've ever made. They just know me as a friend. And in my brain, I struggle to see the connection, but I guess that works for most people. And I do it too. I, I also do that, I guess. I mean, shoot, my last job was... The the most recent job I picked up was because of my work at Myvedin, and you know, Myvedin is the summer camp where I where I would work. And <clears throat> the guys like, yeah, we're interviewing you for technical stuff, but like, we see you work at Myvedin, we know you've got leadership skills and work great with people, and that's really all we need. Like, you can learn the tech stuff. Who cares about the rest? Man, relationships is really where it all of it is at. I am curious though, you know, like I completely agree with you guys. Relationships and community is the best way to build a good following. But if you've got an app that has a niche need. Wouldn't it be almost as effective to just blast some marketing out uh, with some targeted, you know, targeted heuristics at some at targeted people uh, and it's freemium, you give them a free trial for two weeks, they try it out, da 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 If it's niche enough, it seems like that would be pretty effective. The, the challenge with marketing in that way, you do need to have a budget to run through. You do need to just plan, unless you want to do it very slowly and very small, where you're like, all right, I'll spend a hundred bucks, I'll hope to get 125 back in 90 days. And I'll just keep repeating that. That's just a very slow way to build. 
versus if you're like, all right, I've got a hundred grand to burn every single month and I need to make sure I'm at least bringing a 90 grand back because I'll raise another series in another year. And all these things hinge on having a certain amount of cash available to run through. And I've seen it up until 18 months ago, it worked fantastic for a lot of uh, mobile uh, startup apps. I was part of one where the math checked out. A dollar would bring back $3, which meant the company could raise another round until it didn't. <laughs> You're talking about what's most effective, but I don't think we measure effective properly. When we talk about effective, we're talking about measurable in the short term. And sometimes you want something that maybe isn't as effective in the short term, isn't, doesn't have the same ROI. It also, having those sorts of ads does something to your brand, you know, it, it does something to the reputation of your app. That is not measured when you're talking about effective. So for me, it's more about what can I do that aligns with how I feel about this business? What can I do that aligns with how I want people to feel about my app? And that's like the primary thing. And then the secondary thing is how many people will I reach through this? When you try to put those two things together, the best way I've found of like getting an app or an idea off the ground, and I think it's underutilized, is the Kickstarter method. Not necessarily on Kickstarter. If you can show a prototype and hopefully it's functional and you can start to get some people saying, yeah, I'd use that. I'd really like that. Maybe you have a small beta testing group before you launch, then you can open some sort of Kickstarter funding, you know, whether it's privately done or through Kickstarter or through some other platform. And that gets people hyped and it gets people talking about it. It's a marketing avenue. It's somewhere to send the press. So I think that that's a really good method if you haven't launched yet. This is all interesting. It has me thinking about my apps that I've been perfecting and working on forever and have not gotten around to spitting out into the world. So well, that's the other great thing about it is now people have paid you money. You've got money in the bank and you haven't released it. There's no better motivator. You don't want to let people down. Well, good stuff. Joshua, you have a note here about making a laptop a laptop and cat tongue. This is complete gibberish to me. Please, please elaborate. There's a link you can click on while I share about this and I'll put it into the show notes. I wear jeans for pants most of the time when I'm out and about. That's 95% of the time what I'm wearing. So if I go to a coffee shop, I'm wearing jeans, which means if I need to put the laptop on my lap, it will actually sit on my lap. However, at home, 90% of the time, I wear sweatpants. And when I want to kick back into a chair and have my laptop on my lap, I have to hold it to keep it from sliding around on my lap. Uh, which is, by the way, Apple calls them notebooks for a reason. They do not call them laptops. That's a very intentional decision on their part. But it just has always frustrated me. Why does it slide around so much? I have this aluminum device that's just moving. So I started looking into double-sided tape. I started looking into mats. I started looking into friction pads. And then finally, I saw this thing. Uh, is it called cat tongue, cat grips? I don't know. I'll put it in the show, show notes. Cat tongue grip. All grip, no slip. <laughs> I couldn't help but read it out. <laughs> it's this tape that you put onto the bottom of your laptop with ridges and with a lot of friction. Oh my word, this is not the direction I thought this episode was going to go. <laughs> it makes it makes it so that the laptop will not move around and it just sits there. I sit in my chair, the laptop just stays right there. And well, my face is all red, but I seriously like this product. It's amazing. So does the tape stay <laughs> on the bottom of your laptop then? Yeah, it just sticks to it and it'll stay there f uh, so far for a couple of months. So is the 
underside of your laptop just exposed tape that will now pick up lint and then become unsticky? How is it still sticky? It is not a double-sided tape. It's it's a it's like putting um, electrical tape on something. You know, the one side has it's just exposed. The other is sticky. So it's only sticky on one side. So then the okay, so the sticky side's up against your laptop. Sorry, I'm so confused by this. And then the side that's touching your pants is like this rubber stuff or something. Yes. Yep. It's like putting rubber pads on the bottom of your laptop. You got ridged rubber touching your pants. Right. Got it. <laughs> That's right, which is helping to increase friction so that you'll have a more enjoyable experience. That's exactly what's going on. With that said, if you've ever had a laptop and you wear sweatpants, well, we should just cut this whole segment, but I really like the product and that's what I intended to talk about. I'm not putting any stickers on my laptop. Thank you, Joshua. It's on the bottom. It's not on the top. It's on the bottom. <laughs> Are you anti-sticker guy? I've got like 30 stickers on my laptop. Ugh. You can't show me because <laughs> you, you got your webcam like, on your they're laptop. They're like two mirrors. They're really cool, though. I love them. I used to be big sticker guy, but uh, my current laptops don't have any. Got like a D-brand skin on mine and then put stickers on top of it. In theory, you can take it all off. Is your new laptop going to have a D-brand? Probably. Hmm. It's in the cart. I obtained my friend's address that lives in Oregon. It's happening. <laughs> a little subtle tax evasion there. Is there anything out? There's nothing else on our schedule. We are. Oh, yeah, we're almost out of time. Ha, perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. As always, we're going to make a plug for our email. I have a note about this email. Every single week I go to say email at ultrapromax.fm. Would it be crazy if we changed it to like feedback at ultrapromax.fm? I guess maybe it's too late. I think it wouldn't hurt. We can change it. We should think of something better than feedback. It doesn't have to even make sense. Like we could do a cat tongue. Send your feedback <laughs> emails to allgripnoslip at ultrapromax.fm. <laughs> I will update our email address right now. Okay, uh, hopefully either one of the two will work. Email at ultrapromax or allgripnoslip at ultrapromax.fm. Alrighty, well with that. And remember, we, whoa, whoa, it's, you don't forget, if you email, whatever you send through will be read verbatim by Luke in the next episode. Oh my goodness, my family listens to this. Okay, sounds good. Can't wait to hear from you all. See you guys next time.